You're listening to Conversations with Cal, the official podcast of the Sydney Swans. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you very much to QBE for sponsoring the podcast. Once again, 34 years of partnership with the footy club. Thank you guys for your support, particularly during this unprecedented time. I'm lucky enough to be joined by one of our captains today. He is uh, originally started his football career at the Hawks, premiership player, three-time All-Australian, three-time Bob Skilton medalist. He represented the AFLX in, uh, I'm not sure what team it was, but we'll get to that in a moment. He's a father of two. He is the husband to a beautiful wife, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Welcome, Josh Kennedy, podcast. How are you? Thanks very well, mate. Jeez, you've got that intro down pat now, don't you? Yeah, I do, Matt. I've <laughs> um, put a fair bit of work in. I think a few of the boys are getting stuck into me because um, I've got this podcast equipment here and I've actually been having more episodes um, to myself privately. Yeah, <laughs> just for mental well-being, mate. Let's let's start with you, mate. Correct, mate. Let's start with you, mate. Your life in isolation. How are you coping? How are you going? What's it looking like for you? Uh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, I'm pretty fortunate uh, that I've got a, got a bit of space, so in a, in a house in 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 Rose Bay, which is nice. Um, I must admit, the first week was a bit of an adjustment uh, with the two young kids and just trying to, uh, you know, Emilio's four, turning five, so he's not at school yet. So he he's loving life because I'm home all the time and he just wants to kick the footy or play basketball or play Lego or do something all the time. Um, so uh, that can be quite tiring. Uh, I'm getting used. To, I've got I got used to it after the first week, mate, and, and now I'm actually loving it. I think it's great and uh, spending time with the family and, and being able to do my my training program. Uh, so um, yeah, settled in. How how far is Emilio off from uh, from joining school? Uh, next year he'll he'll start school. Have you thought about kind of your uh, how do you reckon you'd go as a mate? Who knows how long this is going to last? How do you think you'd go as a as a teacher at homeschool, oh no, no good. Um, <laughs> he'd be very, being, he'd be going to TAFE footy or, or doing a trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm 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 uh, I'm not sure how good I am at teaching that either, to be honest. But I enjoy it a bit more. So um, it'd be homeschooling with Anna and then just on the tools with me. Well, mate, I have been to your house in uh, in Rose Bay, and uh, it ri- literally is the uh, wide world of sports there uh, at your property. So Emilio would be absolutely loving life at the moment. But, mate, on on the topic of fatherhood, I thought this would be a uh, a really good topic, considering that you're spending a fair bit of time at home. Um, mate, I hope you don't mind we get stuck into it, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit. There aren't many players at our footy club with kids now. We're a very very young group, but. Mate, you, you you had children about you know halfway through through your career at probably the midpoint of your career. Maybe talk a little bit about the um, the challenges of what it you know of what it takes to be a father and a professional athlete. You know, with being away from home and the commitments as a captain, especially. Yeah, uh, good question, mate. I'm not really sh- sure where to start, but I was I was 26. I was at 2015, and then I was born in 2015. Uh, I was 26, turning 27. Um, so relatively young and, and it was certainly not a, not overly planned. So, um, it was a massive surprise for Anna and I at the time and, and, uh, and, uh, certainly, uh, turned our lives, our lives as we knew it on our, on our head, um, uh, albeit for the better, uh, of course, in, 
you know, as, as time has gone on. But yeah, it was definitely a difficult, difficult adjustment um, initially. I just think with uh, coming to terms with with how it played out, um, with Anna being, uh, you know, from overseas and her family not not being around when we when we found out the news. Um, the hardest part, I think, were the nine months uh, or eight months that we knew she was pregnant, um, and just trying to get our head around it. Yeah. Me, 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 you know, I speak for myself. Just trying to get my head around it and, and the adjustments that would have to be made, and um, and and the difference that how different life would be from that point on. Um, and I guess once once he was born, once Emilio was born, um, you know, it was just you were just into it, and then it, it was. It was so enjoyable and so rewarding, and uh, you didn't really have too much time to focus on on the what ifs and, and yourself. It was it was more on him. So, yeah, that, that initial eight months when we between when we found out Anna was pregnant to, to him being born was was a definitely definitely a difficult adjustment. Mate, how do you um, do? You think it's probably kind of in, um, improved your footy or kind of um, enhanced the way you play? Because I guess the reason I asked the question is because usually you know. <laughs> the players that, that don't have kids and, you know, or just have a partner and they kind of, you know, to be honest, we're kind of, I'm in a situation where, you know, I can come to the footy club and really just worry about myself and and and, um, and worry about what I've got to do to get better. But does it give you that kind of extra sense of motivation to, to you know, play a bit better and keep challenging yourself to, to keep providing for the for the, for the family? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it does. I think that's a lot of people say that it sort of gives you a different perspective and it takes a bit of pressure off. Uh, I sort of think it can take your mind off the game, that's for sure, when, you know, after a loss or a, or a win, it certainly, um, you know, young kids can, can um, they don't really care, so they can take your mind off the game. But in terms of the overall pressure to perform, um, yeah, I felt like it, it, it added, added to that because I, I certainly didn't want... Um, that to be, you know, having kids to be a uh, a uh, an excuse for my performance to be worse, if that makes sense. And uh, and I guess in the longer term, it was about um, just being able to continue can create a legacy that that number one I'm proud of, but uh, but but the uh, kids are proud of as well. So um, certainly added motivation in that regard uh and and i think um you know now when i see uh emilio and and isabella when she when she gets a chance to come to a game uh you know when i see them after a game after a win especially in the rooms um running around and kicking the 40 or playing with the boys i i i, I you know that's i absolutely love that feeling and that those moments and uh you know that certainly encouraged me to to get the best out of myself and 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 uh continue to do so and play play for as long as i can well he certainly is one of the boys i think well i can't remember what game it was it might have been your i think was it your 200th or 250th when emilio you were he was supposed to hold your hand running out on the ground at the mcg for your for your 200th i think it was and he literally just stormed about you know five meters ahead and thought he was captaining the side <laughs> yeah, that was my uh, that was my two hundred uh, against the Hawks. That was uh, it's great footage. Yeah, it is great footage. It's one of those. That was one where um, well, you know we didn't win that game, and it was bloody disappointing. And I didn't play that well, but 
again, you look back on it and uh, I've got nothing but positive memories of, of that moment. Um, something like that photo, I've got a, that photo I'll, I'll certainly cherish. And he's got an amazingly vivid memory, Emilio, of that moment too. And ever since he's been asking me when he can do it again. Um, it was going to be this year, unfortunately. Uh, yes. So hopefully it still is. Um, we can get out there. Uh, I got three, what, am I, what does that make me? Two hundred and forty-seven games I'm on at the moment. I think the um, I think the footage is awesome because I, I remember kind of uh, I played that game and he's running out and I, I do remember all the boys. I think when you run out, you know, we're all pretty serious and we're all yelling and screaming and trying to get psyched up. But it was a it was an amazing kind of level up. Everyone just kind of looked and smiled at him and absolutely laughed. And I think may I say I think the best bit about footy clubs is when um, is when you know, players do bring their kids in, and particularly after a loss or a bad week, it kind of softens the joint, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's that's uh, that's one thing that that, that kids um, do provide is that is that perspective, and uh, it doesn't mean that you don't take the the losses any harder. Like I, I certainly still, um, you know, take it really, really personally, and, and and can beat myself up over over a, over a loss or a poor game. Um, However, it just sort of—I'm probably not, you know, spending all day doing it. And uh, when I'm when I'm around the the kids, Emilio and Isabella and Anna, then then um, you know they don't they don't accept that I should be like that in it, under any circumstances. So so you don't be. And what about playing away every every second week? I think you uh, you and me always had a bit, a bit of a laugh that you can never take Emilio or uh, or Isabella to childcare because they just start grabbing on you. <laughs> Grabbing on your shirt and it's complete torture for him. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was Emilio early days when he started going to childcare. Um, that was tough. That was tough. So we <laughs> always battle with Anna to see who would take him. Um, that was a year, but now he's, he absolutely loves it. Uh, he goes to goes to preschool um, at at uh, KU in, in Rush Cutters, and uh, I know that the those teachers have been there so long. I think they said that they looked after Paul Kelly's kids, uh, Dunkley's kids. Um, so, you know, it's been around for a long, long time. And, uh, and, and now he's just, uh, I hardly even stop the car and he's out the door and, and into the classroom, mate. So he's loving it. Well, mate, he's a very, he's a very, very energetic young man. And, he loves terrorising the boys around the footy club and get up to a bit of mischief. Have you have you managed to give him any uh, any sprays that you can remember? Any sprays? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is there one that sticks out? No, not uh, no, not really. Uh, I've, I definitely have. I mean, I've, we've, I've got angry with him and, and cross and had to stand stand out my ground. Um, but but uh, none that really stand out, to be honest. Um, he's generally generally pretty good. He can push the limits to a certain extent, but he knows because uh, I don't I don't get angry too often. Um, he knows that if I am, he, he, he'll he'll uh, pull back a little bit, um, which is good. So you know I can't complain in that regard. Fair enough, but mate, well, I just want to touch on the topic of of isolation at the moment. It's extremely. Uh... It's extremely prevalent to literally everyone at the moment, and we're seeing a lot of players adopting techniques and strategies to to help them throughout not playing games. And I'm certainly uh, trying hard to do things that I that I wouldn't normally do, and and that now I've got the time to do them. I'm I'm, I'm starting to 
to quite enjoy it, mate. But uh, you and me had a chat the other day and talking a little bit about kind of your off-field stuff and you were mentioning that uh, you do have some work, uh, some work internships on the cards and some things that you're interested in that you might get stuck into. Could you maybe share with us a little bit about um, what that entails? Yeah, sure, mate. So, um, you know, the club, one thing that the club are, and, and Dennis Carroll, our welfare manager, are really, really good at is encouraging uh, players to pursue um, pursue uh, careers outside footy um, and hobbies as well. And whether that's studying or, or TAFE or uh, work experience, all those sort of things. Um, so over the last, say, four, four or five years, I've been doing a bit of work experience with different companies and, and one that I've, I've spent a lot of time with has been uh, Wilson Asset Management, uh, headed by Jeff Wilson Plug. Uh, and Kate, Kate Thorley. And uh, <laughs> well, you're asking me what I'm doing, so I'm telling And so, you know, what this has given me an opportunity to do is just spend more time uh, with them, uh, learning the caper of, of asset management and uh, and... I guess fast tracking my development off field, which has been, you know, I've really enjoyed and and uh, will continue to do. Uh, try and make the most of this situation, and you know what I found is you just got to try and find the the silver lining um, in this time. Um, and there's a lot of people that are a lot worse off. So pretty, really fortunate, but very uh, very grateful for for the footy club and for for Jeff and Kate at, at Wham to be able to give me that opportunity. It's been great. Can we talk a little bit about how your interest in kind of finance and asset management started? I, I, I always remember seeing you at the club, um, you know, after hours or before training sessions. You've got your finance textbook out, you know, you're on the phone, on the speakerphone to your tutor, you know, debating about, you know, economic strategies and, you know, and financial statements. <laughs> uh, I do remember that day. Can, um, you a bit of ham there. You remember that, do you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like Emilio, mate. Memory like a bloody hawk. Um, yeah, yeah, you are. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> put it in the put it in the bank. But mate, um, what, why, why the finance kind of side of things and asset management kind of stuff? You know, why does that interest you? Uh, I think it just always has, mate. It always has. Um, since at school, just you know, accounting, economics, uh, just the way money money works. Um, it's it's just always been a uh, of interest to me and a, and a passion. And uh, yeah, I. I you know, through uni doing commerce, a postgrad commerce certificate, and then a uh, financial planning dip- diploma with with Caplan, uh, which was great. I think that was when you were must have seen me, mate, with my textbooks and and the tutor uh, discussing whatever it was. Um, and uh, and then uh, the last, you know, few four or five years in getting sort of work experience and, and going out and just seeing how it, the real world works is. Something that I've I've enjoyed, and uh, you know, we'll continue to, to pursue and develop outside footy. Well, mate, we um, you discussed a little bit earlier. You've mentioned a few times uh, your lovely wife Anna, and I, I've had the pleasure of spending a little bit of time with Anna since my time at the footy club. And may I say, mate, you're a very very lucky young man. She's absolutely a fantastic person. I get along with her great. But mate, there's a few stories that are, that a few boys have. Um, have Instagrammed in uh, one at Jake Williams as has uh, Instagrammed a question. He'd like you to share how you and Anna first met. Has in- Jake Williams has Instagrammed a question? Yeah. <laughs> well, what, uh, mate? I'll, 
I've put it out to the social to the social media world, and that Josh Kennedy is coming on, and a few people have asked a few questions, and Jake Williams is, has asked if, if if you could share how you, how you first met Anna. That was down at uh, I met Anna down at Brighton Beach one day. We were doing a um, we were filming a commercial uh, for the for the Swans and the AFL. It was meant to be a preseason commercial about going down doing recovery at the beach and our, you know sun shining uh, and and. And a few g- girls uh, on the beach, um, you know. Life's tough. Life's tough. That was that was the sort of ad. <laughs> Back in the glory days. <laughs> come up, yeah, come up to Sydney, you know. See how good is this? Uh, and working on the set was, uh, or working in the shoot was three three girls, one of which was Anna. Um, she tells a story of getting a job to for AFL uh, and and thinking that it's a clothing brand or something like that, and uh, going down to Bronte, and obviously there's there's about 15 guys there, and we're running in and out of the water, so she was pretty she was pretty happy to get that job, but uh, um, long story short, uh, we're, we're, we're just finished, um, we're walking back up the hill, I'm sort of feeling around with my keys, just waiting for, for Anna at the time to make her move. Um, Fake key fiddling. As, as she goes... I, I, uh, I follow her up. I've got Ted Richards with me and, and Mitch Morton, who I'm giving a lift home. And uh, Teddy Richards, Mitch Morton, myself walking up the hill. Uh, Mordo actually, Mordo, uh, I think he threw the, the first line out. Um, that's, that's unlike him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I got to thank, I got to thank Mordo, uh, as I, I always remind him that. Uh, you know, this wouldn't be possible without him. But uh, he was known for some special moments, Morto. Uh, he was an impact player, and this was a big impact in terms of, uh, you know, creating the path that my life would take. And uh, from there, mate, I, I got talking. Um, obviously, Morto broke the ice. Uh, him and Teddy weren't too much competition at the time. So uh, I offered to give Anna a lift home and, and uh, kicked off from there. So did Morto actually have a crack first? Uh, I'm not sure it, w- it was a real crack, uh, but he definitely um, he definitely broke the ice. Do you understand that uh, the Anna, Anna is hometown is uh, in Medellin in Colombia, and uh, one of the the highlights of my off field um, one of the highlights of my off season is keeping up to date with with yourselves Facebook and uh, the interesting places you find there in Medellin. Um, I remember I'd love for you to share this story if you feel comfortable. I think it was 2012. You've just kind of come off the, the premiership flag and you've gone on a footy trip to Vegas. Correct. But post that footy trip, you've, you've thought, all right, why don't I kill two birds with one stone? I'll make my way over to Columbia. I'll meet Anna, I'll meet Anna there and, I'll, uh, and I might do the uh, meet the parents and things like that. Could you maybe talk to us about that experience and the challenges that you face with that one? Uh, yeah, mate, that's a uh, – so I met Anna in January of 2012 and, and we were together obviously that year and then um, it was a big year personally uh, and for the team and we celebrated over in over in Vegas. It was myself, Kieran Jack and, and Dan Hanabry and a few uh, a few schoolmates as well. So um, we had – I think it was four nights in LA and four nights in, in Vegas and uh, coming off the premiership, mate, you can imagine how – Good we were feeling about ourselves, uh, absolutely on top of the world. Um, couldn't have, couldn't have get couldn't have got any better from that point. 
And uh, from there, I'd always planned to, to venture down to, to Columbia for a couple of weeks to meet Anna. Um, and didn't I just come crashing back down to earth? Uh, <laughs> back down to earth there. I've, I've got off the plane in, in Medellin um, thinking I'm the king of the world and, uh, you know, met the family there. They were very nice in, in greeting me. But uh, I couldn't speak a, a word of Spanish. Uh, Nor English, apparently, after the week you had. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. I can hardly <laughs> talk. I lost my voice. Um, you know, her family are, are pretty – most of them can speak English pretty well. But, uh, you know, number one, they, when they're all together, they don't. And, and, and secondly, you know, they've got no idea what AFL footy is or, or Sydney Swans or, you know, what a premiership means. So <laughs> – uh, all of a sudden, I was, I, I was, I was uh, back to square one. <laughs> back to square one, just trying to find my way through, and uh, yeah, a bit of soul searching. Certainly in the first first few days, I was there, and um, you know, it was probably a, probably a good thing, mate, because it it, it, it got me back in, in line, put me back in place, and uh, um, got me going again in terms of the fact that I didn't get too far ahead of myself. Um, you know, but I certainly was at the peak of that uh, with Hannah's and Kizzo and a few mates um, in LA, which was which was great fun. But uh, yeah, it was a shock to the system arriving in Medellin, that's for sure. I tell you what, we've seen some epic Swans moments over the years. How about Isaac's mark of the year in 2018, or Nick Davis' goal in an 05 semi-final against Geelong, or who could forget Kappa's 10-goal game in '86? As our partner for over 34 years, QBE Insurance has been part of countless big moments, and so have you. That's why QBE is giving you the chance to create and share your QBE Swan story. Visit qbeswanstory.com.au and complete a short quiz to receive a personalised video featuring some of those big moments and more. Jump onto qbeswanstory.com.au today. Mate, father-son selection 2006, I believe. 2006 was your father-son selection. Mate, talk to us about your early days uh, at the Hawks. But, you know, and I, I guess what I want to get to is um, obviously your father and your grandfather are terrific figures of that footy club and perhaps maybe, you know, did you feel that weight of expectation or, you know, was that just something uh, that didn't really bother you? No, I, I never felt the weight of uh, expectation. That's a, that's I'll be a credit to, to Dad and, and, and Nunnal, my grandfather, Jack Senior. Um, I never felt the weight of expectation to do to to play or play uh, however many games there, let alone one. So I was grateful for that. But certainly walking in the doors was an amazing feeling. Um, and uh, you know, it feels like a long long time ago now, but uh, you know, my, my memories of that were just you know, going from obviously loving the club and being a huge supporter of the footy club to to then becoming getting thrown, getting drafted, which was great, and spending a few years in reserves and just trying to uh, you know fight your way into the team. It's, it's it's less love for the footy club, not barracking as hard for them uh, on the weekend when I wasn't playing as as what I was uh, as a kid, but. Nonetheless, I, I really enjoyed it there and, 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 you know, they were a really good footy club at the time, uh, had an am- amazing list of players and, 
and I, I certainly learned a lot during that time. Um, you know, as much from 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 Sam Mitchell and Luke Hodge, uh, Sully, Chance Bateman. Um, I learned as much from those guys in those first three years as, as I have as from guys at, at Sydney as well. So uh, extremely grateful for that that three years. Did you make me share? How did you actually? Make your way to uh, to Sydney. Obviously, you obviously were traded there after a few years at, at Hawks. But could you maybe give us a little bit of detail about that transition and maybe at the time of making that decision? Yeah, I can. It was. I mean, it was pretty. Or was easy. it made for you? <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty easy decision in the end because because it was made for me. Um, but uh, as I as I touched on just just earlier, like the Hawks had an amazing amazing team at the time. They won the flag in 2008. Their midfield was stacked full of particularly, you know, big body midfielders, Hodgie, Lewis, Sewell, Mitchell, um, who were all at the top of their game. Uh, and so, you know, I played, I played uh, that year, I played round two against the Swans, actually, and then didn't play again until about round 14 or 15. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, gee, I'll, I'll be lucky to, to go on. I'll be lucky to get another year. Uh, fortunately for me, I, um, I ended up playing in around 15 and then playing the last nine or so games of that year and playing pretty well. But uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, um, Swans through George Stone, uh, who's a friend of Dad's, uh, reached out when I was playing at Box Hill and, and uh, said that the Swans were interested I didn't actually. I wasn't aware of this until the season had finished. Um, obviously, Dad just wanted me to focus on playing footy and, and not really have to think about that at the time. Which, in hindsight, I, you know, worked out pretty well. But uh, so at the end of the year, um, you know, I, 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 Dad told me about the about the Swans' interest. Uh, they backed that up with with a three year contract, which, you know, from nine weeks earlier thinking that my career potentially finished in the AFL to getting offered a three-year contract. I'm thinking, gee, wow, this is a, uh, not only are they showing me, you know, backing me in, in terms of what they've said, but they've, they've backed it up with a, with a three-year contract. So I took that to Clarko and the Hawks and, um, and said, well, this is what, this is what I've got on, on the table. Uh, what do you think? Um, you know, without, Without effectively saying the words, yeah, um, you know, it was pretty clear that uh, it was going to be tough had I stayed at Hawthorne, and, and then that was backed up by their offer of, of a one-year contract. So, um, so the decision was made pretty easy, albeit it was pretty tough telling telling my grandfather, who at the time, you know, I could tell he's he was disappointed because um, he because he just loves the Hawthorne, loves the club, and and uh, um, it's such a big part of his life, you know. There's a statue of him, obviously, out, out at Waverley Park, um, and my dad's still very much involved, president of the past players. Uh, so there was a little bit of disappointment there from from him, and that was probably the hardest part, telling him that um, I was going to move up to Sydney. But uh, but I think, you know, in hindsight, it's been a great great decision uh, for me and and. and and you know the Hawks stuck pretty well since then as well. So uh, everyone, everyone's everyone's come out a winner. 
How did your dad cope with it when he when he first kind of got the inkling? The and he obviously knew a fair bit before um, before you that there was interest there. But how did he kind of? Have you spoken to him about how he kind of came to terms with the fact that you won't be playing at Hawthorne anymore at that time? Uh, yeah, he he was very uh, sort of more, much more matter of fact about it. Uh, understood the the dynamics, um, and certainly didn't. Yeah, he he wasn't disappointed uh, uh, or anything like that. He, he he was very much supportive of me pursuing my career, and that, and that just seemed so clearly to be up at Sydney, given the, the dynamics of the the team at Hawthorne at the time. Um, so he was. Yeah, he was great. Your accolades have gone through the roof. You've you're a premiership player, three time All Australian, three time Bob Skilton medalist, mate. Did you ever think your career would would just leap would just leapfrog like that so quickly? Uh, uh no, mate. No, no. I, I, I remember signing the, the contract to come up to Sydney and, and sort of thinking in the back of my mind that um you know, I'm gonna give this absolutely everything I've got. Uh but worst case scenario is that you know I've got I've had three years um, away from home, learning new skills in a new city that I hadn't been to before, and uh, it's going to be a great life experience. Um, ne- yeah, never in my my wildest dreams did I think that we, as a team and and personally, achieve um, what we what we had or what we did uh, in the years to come. So. Yeah, it's, it's been an amazing ride and often, you know, you don't often reflect too much on it. Uh, but when I do, I'm, I feel very, uh, number one, grateful for, for the opportunity and the people that, that uh, led to that opportunity um, and, uh, and two, just very proud, of, of, um, proud as well of, of what's come of it. Well, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, but the and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming the highlight of your football career thus far has been the 2012 Premiership, in which you uh, in which you absolutely start in. Um, look, the highlights have been all over Fox Footy. Everyone remembers that game. They all remember the result. But mate, maybe talk to us just about the kind of. I've never experienced um, a premiership, so maybe just talk about the feelings that you feel when the siren goes and the celebrations of that evening and, and, and what it's like. The feelings that you feel. Uh, well, the initial one, because it was such a close game, uh, it was it was such an arm wrestle throughout the course of the day, just the first feeling you feel is, is relief, like just a huge sigh of relief um, that, that has happened. Uh, you've done it, and that lasts about five to ten seconds, and then it's followed by just an amazing, you know, feeling of ecstasy that you're uh, incredibly happy, incredible, incredibly uh, just ecstatic over over the the what what you've done, and, and seeing your teammates and everyone's the crowd, everything. Um, it's just an amazing feeling. Uh, that it's really hard to put into words that 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 feeling then and then I reckon followed that following that is a uh, is you know you you collect your medal and you do your the lap of honour um, and everyone's telling you to go slow or not everyone but the players that had, had won one before like Goodsy and Ryan O'Keefe and Jude Bolton uh, telling you to take your time take it all in and you're trying to but 
everything's going at 100 miles an hour and you see the faces, the people's faces in the crowd and, uh, and your families uh, and friends that have ran down to the fence and uh, you just feel so, I felt so grateful for everyone. You know, it's an amazing feel of gratitude to everyone that had any inkling of, of influence over me in my, uh, in my footballing life and upbringing. Uh, to be able to get me to that point because um, it was just so so happy so uh, and so joyful in that moment. So I guess they, they were the three the three phases I reckon of, of the, the feelings after the game, immediately after the game, and then and then uh, the, the, the celebrations. I guess afterwards, um, you know, you, I guess you can imagine you just you just uh, you know your feet don't touch the ground then for another week. At least until um, Colombia. Yeah, until I got to Colombia, then they then they uh, came crashing down to earth. But <laughs> prior to that, I love yeah, it. My, my feet didn't touch the ground. Uh, absolutely um, on cloud nine, and and um, yeah, it's pretty hard to explain. But uh, we've still got a few years left, mate. So hoping we can do it again. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this question, but do you remember? Do you remember the first time you you spoke to your grandfather after the the premiership win, mate? Uh, I do because um, in the lead up, uh, he was it was he was a uh, cup bearer or, or the presenter for Hawthorne. So if Hawthorne had won the premiership that year, uh, he would have presented the cup to Clarko. Uh, on stage, so he was there before the game. He he walked out uh, with the cup, and uh, and obviously, and after the game, he was he was on the ground as well. So, um, so for me, um, you know, it was it was a strange feeling because he, he rang me. Nunnall rang me during the week to tell me that he was going to. Be presenting the cup, and obviously, I'd, I'd uh, you know the emotions were pretty high anyway because I remember watching Hawthorne play Adelaide. We'd already made it through the grand final, and thinking, "Wow, I can't believe how this has turned out." You know, I'm playing my old team in a grand final uh, down at the MCG, and, and then midway through the week, get a call from Nunnall saying that he's going to present the cup uh, if Hawthorne were to win. But he's wishing me all the best and hopes that I play well, uh, and from there uh yeah it was it was a little bit strange but you know the again the silver lining of it all uh in that in that moment was that uh after the game we got presented the cup uh and he was on the ground and um and i actually there was a team photo straight after we were presented the cup as a team and i wasn't in it and uh, I was off to the side and I was giving him a big hug uh, you know he's not overly an overly affectionate man at the, at the best of times and uh, that certainly um, I could certainly feel a fair bit of uh, enjoyment and, and pride and uh, and and love I guess in that embrace from him and it was certainly the other way from me so uh, again that was you know he just said well done Great effort, and uh, I was, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing moment for me. Something I'll never forget. I've got the photo at home, and uh, yeah, really special, mate. Terrific story, and uh, thanks for sharing that, mate. Really appreciate it. And I guess 
fast forwarding a, a few more years, you're successful era you, you played in a number of final series unfortunately there was a couple more um missed opportunities but one of the yep. big uh positives that um that came out of your not only your terrific, terrific performances and your the way you've been playing is that you were um you got the privilege of becoming the captain of the football club was uh was this a surprise for you was it something that you strive for or how did that how did it come about for you uh, it was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's not something that I that I thought too much about or, or strive for. Um, it was on the after twenty sixteen, and uh, and Mac, I was out for dinner with Mac one night, and he was sort of talking about it uh, loosely, um, hinted to the fact that uh, there might be a changing of the guard, uh, and then I remember Horse called me into his office with Macca and uh, and Kizer and and sort of explained to me that. Um, yeah, they, they felt like it would, would be the appropriate time for a change and if I was willing and able to, to step up. And, of course, uh, given Kieran and, and Mac's guidance uh, and, and, and their words of support, I was, I was more than happy to step up into that role. And uh, it's been an enormous learning curve, I think, for me and continues to be. And, you know, if one, one thing, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly... Uh, uh, you know, I respect very much what what Kieran and Macca did, uh, whilst you know from in their time as, as captains, and and uh, if if anything, I, I respect it more now because realise how 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 much harder harder it is than what I, what I thought it was. So um, yeah, it has it's been an amazing amazing uh, challenge, and and I'm really really proud to represent the footy club in that capacity. And and now with Dane and, and Luke, I feel like we've got a really good balance. And uh, relationship between us, and uh, I'm pretty excited to see where we can take the, the this this young group of players uh, and yourself, mate, in the coming years. Mate, you spoke a little bit about the the challenges and, and difficulty difficulties of, of being a captain. And one thing that I can see is just that uh, from you guys is just the time commitments. You definitely have to, you know, stay a little bit longer than the rest of us. But could you maybe talk a little bit about what would be probably Probably the biggest challenge that you face while being a captain. I think it's you know it's not the time commitments. Um, it's not the time commitments or the uh, or the um, extra media or anything like that. I think the, the biggest challenge I think is the internal sort of mental dialogue that you have with yourself. Uh, the you know you, you'd certainly wear the losses a lot harder uh, yourself self-analysis goes to another level in terms of what you can not only do on the field but off the field and, and how you um, come at it. You know, you're, you're analysing, constantly analysing, I guess, yourself and, and the team in terms of how, how was a meeting, how was training, how, you know, what should I have done better there? Uh, how can I approach this player to get something better out of him? Um, that's That's been the biggest challenge uh, for me in, in terms of trying to, Trying to uh, find that balance as well as always, you know, what I've learned is that you've got to stay true to yourself as well. Uh, you're not going to keep everyone happy. You're not going to please everybody um, and being okay with that. And just to finish on this topic, I don't think anyone's probably asked you this uh, before either, but what do you enjoy most about the position? Uh, what I enjoy most is, is especially now, is uh, seeing... Uh, a young player that's worked hard 
um, that's come into the footy club, worked hard, uh, believes in the, in the values, gets a game, wins his first game, and and seeing that him, the joy on his face for for the first first win, uh, first game, his family. Um, I think that you know that's the that's the best part for me, and and after you know after a big win as a team, uh, just seeing the the joy on 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 players' faces that that haven't experienced a win like that in the past, uh, and you know it all sort of builds up to hopefully a, a premiership mate in which I've I've experienced as you touched on, and and the one driver for me is 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 being able to have these young kids that I know work bloody hard and, and yourself, mate, that put in a lot of time and effort uh, getting a reward for that time and effort and um, just almost reliving it as a, as a young player. You get to relive it because um, you see the enjoyment and enjoy coming through their faces. Well, I think that's a terrific... Um a terrific note to finish our conversation on, mate. And then we did get there in the end. We had to have a few uh, a few time changes. We've had Emilio going nuts in the background. We've had uh, have Anna having a chat to you about where you are. But, mate, just to oh, – I do thank you for your time. I know you're extremely busy with uh, with the wild world of sports there down at Rose Bay. Um, but what we do, mate, at the end of every podcast is that we like to finish with just with our guests to give just a little bit of a, a piece of advice or um, – Pass on a little bit of positivity throughout the community during yep. um, during this pretty tough time in isolation and isolation and what's going on. So, mate, over to you. Firstly, sorry for buddy all the interruptions. Mate. I've had to chase Emilio up, up the street, uh, and now I've lost him. Uh, <laughs> I have to find him before I get home. But uh, my one, um, I get my final finishing comments is that uh, you know I know there's a lot of people doing it really hard, a lot harder than than what I am, uh, what we are, and, and my heart goes out to them. Uh, I know there's a lot of Swans fans uh, that have stuck by us with membership, and that's fantastic. I know there's a lot that haven't too for, for whatever circumstances they may be. Um, I'm sure, you know, they're valid reasons, and, and uh, I know they're with us, and I look forward to seeing those fans again. This by any means, we haven't uh, haven't forgot, forgotten about them, or, or and I understand they're going through tough times. Um, the one, the one tip I, I have that's sort of kept me in good stead these these few weeks so far has just been to put together a bit of a to do list at home, or whether it's a daily uh, one thing that you want to tick off um, a day. Uh, might be um, doing an activity with your with your with your kid. It might be um, I don't know cleaning one part of the house. Um, might be doing the gardening. I don't know what. It, Anything it might be, just one activity a day that you can tick off, um, and, and and if you can do that, one thing a day, um, I feel like you can sort of go to bed at night, your head on the pillow, pillow, feeling like you've achieved something for that day, and uh, it's going to make you feel a little bit better, hopefully. Thank you very much, Josh, and once again, thank you for your time. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, I can't wait to. Get out on the track with yourself and the boys soon, mate, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later. So thank you very much, Josh. You are listening to Conversations with Cal, proudly brought to you by QBE. Thanks for listening.